Hello, this is Bobby Newman, and I'd like to welcome you to this week's Research Minutes, the CPRI Knowledge Hub's weekly podcast where we interview researchers about the latest work being done in the field to help improve education. This week, I speak with Dr. Ruth Curran-Neald, Director of the Philadelphia Education Research Consortium, PERC, about her study, Finding Their Stride, Kindergarten English Learners and Time to Proficiency in the School District of Philadelphia, which was published in June 2017. Dr. Neal, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you. It's a pleasure. Before we talk about the study that you co-authored with Joshua Lynn, can you tell me a little bit more about PERC, the Philadelphia Education Research Consortium? Sure. So PERC is a research practice partnership that focuses on public education in Philadelphia. Um, And that includes uh, charter schools and it includes the School District of Philadelphia. What we're trying to do with this partnership is to use the research resources of Philadelphia and the Philadelphia area, uh, and that would include research uh, resources at universities, at local firms, to uh, support actionable and relevant research uh, into topics and issues and questions that are prioritized by uh, the educators in the district and the charter schools. And so speaking of working with others, you are your study focused on the Philadelphia students who were des- designated as English language learners when they entered kindergarten. Using the data from the school district, your study followed them over four years to see what percentage of the students had become proficient in English by the end of third grade. How did you define English proficiency? So that's a great question and a really important one uh, to ask and to understand with regard to this study. So with English proficiency, we weren't talking about the kind of English that uh, students might need to navigate in their everyday lives, to go to the store, uh, talk to people on the street. We were talking about English proficiency that's sufficient to engage in the academic content at your grade level in school. So that's a really important thing to be aware of is that we're talking about academic English. And what we used as a measure of English proficiency is student scores on an an assessment that is required by the state of Pennsylvania and is used in a number of different states other than Pennsylvania. And this assessment is called the ACCESS for short, uh, otherwise known as the Assessing Comprehension and English State to State. Um, And it um, has been developed by the WIDA Consortium. So this assessment looks at uh, students' ability to engage in English content at their grade level in a number of different domains. And four of those key domains are listening, in English, speaking in English, reading in English, and writing in English. School District of Philadelphia is required to offer that assessment in the spring. So every year we are able to take a look at how students have progressed overall in their English proficiency, as well as to look at these subdomains for listening, speaking, reading, and writing. And in addition, when English learners enter the school district, at whatever grade they enter, they are given a short assessment to assess their uh, English proficiency in these areas, how how they were performing when they entered the district, and were able to look at their uh, change uh, in proficiency each year. And, And why did you focus on the kindergartens and look at their proficiency rates then again at the end of third grade? But when we looked to see the most common grades at which English learners enter the system, we found 
that 37% uh, of the new English learners entered as kindergartners. So that seemed to be an important group of students to track and follow to see what their progress is. With regard to third grade, why we looked at that particular point, I have to say that it is uh, somewhat of an arbitrary decision, but it made sense for Philadelphia to look at this because there is a citywide focus on improving early literacy for all students, including English learners, and having as many students as possible read on grade level by the end of third grade. These days, English learners uh, are one in 10 students in Philadelphia, in the school district of Philadelphia. City really cannot reach its goal of having students read on grade level by the end of third grade without paying particular attention to English learner students. It just made some sense to use that as our cut point because that's a place that people are focusing on locally. How proficient were the English learners when they entered kindergarten? So on this access assessment, we found that almost 50% of the English learners in kindergarten scored at access level one as a composite score, which combines listening and speaking and reading and writing. And we found that another 19% entered at uh, the next level up, level two. So altogether, we were looking at almost 70% of the kindergartners who were coming in with low levels of English proficiency to engage in the access academic content expected at that grade level. And what did you find about their um, English profici proficiency rates, excuse me, at the end of third grade? So what we found is that almost 60% of the kindergarten English learners had achieved English proficiency again, on the access assessment uh, within four years of starting school. But we found some other interesting things as well. We found that English were higher among female students, uh, students who were not identified with a disability at any point during uh, their K-3 to years. We found, for example, that most common uh, home languages represented in the school district of Philadelphia, which are Spanish, Khmer, Arabic, Vietnamese, and Chinese, we found that students who whose home language was Chinese had the highest rate of achieving English proficiency at the end of third grade, uh, followed by Vietnamese, Arabic, Khmer, and Spanish. We also found, interestingly, that four years after entering kindergarten, 20% of the students hadn't progressed beyond access level three. And one of the reasons why I think the district, School District of Philadelphia found this to be actionable research is that it was helping to identify groups of students who really might need special attention and to get a sense of how large those groups actually were. So another really important and interesting thing that we found is related to uh, the subdomains um, that I mentioned. And these are the subdomains of listening, speaking, reading and writing in English sufficient to engage in the academic content at their grade level at school. So what we found among the students in our study is that 88% of the students had achieved proficiency by the end of third grade in listening. 81% had achieved proficiency in speaking English. 80% had achieved proficiency in reading English. So right between 80 and 90% of students were achieving proficiency in those three subdomains. In comparison, for writing, 48% of the students had achieved proficiency. So it's clearly a big gap between listening, speaking, and reading levels of proficiency and the level of proficiency in writing. So that was one of the recommendations that we had for the school district 
to focus on as a result of this research. That we suggested that the district might want to take a look at the kinds of opportunities that English learners had to um, engage in writing, to write in English, to write in any language really, in order to develop that proficiency um, in writing. And we suggested that it may be a broader uh, focus that the district wants to take, not just on writing for English learners, but uh, writing for all students. And what were some of the other implications for policy and practice outside of the suggestions for the writing focus? So uh, one of the implications for policy and practice, we, we thought, um, and uh, we think the district uh, might use it in this way, is that these data can inform goal setting uh, for tracking progress towards English proficiency. Given Philadelphia's focus on increasing the numbers of spots available for students in pre-kindergarten, it might be important to pay attention to both the numbers and the percentages of English learners who are enrolled in pre-kindergarten programs and also to the kinds of experiences that they are having so that they can enter kindergarten with higher levels of proficiency. One of the things that we saw in the data is that over time students were entering kindergarten with slightly higher levels of proficiency. One could imagine that with really high quality pre-kindergarten programs with real attention to what is it that English learners would really need to boost their the kinds of skills that they will need to engage in kindergarten, that high quality pre-kindergarten experience could really help those students get off to a good start. What would you um, suggest to other practitioners and policymakers who want to conduct similar research in their districts? Well, first of all, I think this is really important work to do. I think that there has been some work in different cities in the country related to um, English learners' time to proficiency or time to what's called reclassification, which is time to the point at which uh, they have met all the various criteria that their states and districts have put in place to no longer receive English learner uh, supports. One of the things that I think is so important about the work that is being done in research practice partnerships on English learners is that we are learning a lot more from these partnerships, and a lot of it is really coming from these partnerships, about how time to classificate, reclassification rates are the same or different across different school districts and states. And that's important information that we just really haven't had before. Um, you really need to look at this in a big way. You really need either school district data or state administrative, state longitudinal data sets to look at these patterns. And I feel like researcher practitioner partnerships are really filling this, this need and building our knowledge in this really important way. And, and work with each other to, to collaborate and around that data. Other, absolutely. Ruth, par prior to coming to, um, returning to Philadelphia, you were the uh, delegated director of the U.S. Department of Education's Institute of Education Sciences. And in that role, you emphasize the connection between research policy and practice. From your experience, can you tell me why this isn't happening more in practice? I think that re relatively recently, uh, there has been more of a focus on connecting research policy and practice. But the reasons why it has been challenging to do so, I think in the past, is because the incentives, the reward structures, the timelines, it's just sort of the operational imperatives of research institutions and school districts and states 
just are so very different in many ways. And it is a challenge to work together. But I would argue that there is really a movement now and a growing understanding, I think, that not only is practice better when research informs it, but research is better when the researchers are listening really carefully to practitioners who know their context better than anyone else and who can articulate their problems of practice and the things that they struggle with. And they have questions that they wonder about on a daily basis. Those research questions and the interpretation of the research is so much more powerful when they're working in partnership, I would argue. And I think that people are thinking more and more about how it is that we can bridge research and practice uh, by working together. Collectively, we are stronger than individually. Yes. (laughs) Well, it was such a pleasure to talk to you. And um, the study is very well written. I I really appreciate you taking time out of your day to talk to me. Thanks so much. Thanks so much. Thank you for listening to Research Minutes. To share your thoughts on this discussion, head to KHUB Conversations at cprehub.org. To subscribe to our weekly podcast and listen to more interviews, head to soundcloud.com forward slash CPRE Knowledge Hub. And for the latest videos, podcasts, and discussion updates, follow us at CPRE Hub on Twitter and CPRE Knowledge Hub on Facebook. We look forward to hearing from you.